African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Good morning and welcome to yet another episode of African Dialogue. You're tuned into Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa, bringing news from an African perspective. I'm your host, Ayanda Mkwanazi, and we're currently on the frequency 7230 kHz on the 41-meter band to Southern Africa. Presidential elections in Senegal are expected to be held on the 24th of February, which is this coming Sunday. Last month, two opposition leaders, Khalifa Sal, who's not related to President Macky Sal, a popular politician and former mayor of Dakar, and Karim Wade, a former minister and the son of former President Abdullahi Wade, were both found to be ineligible to to stand for office due to convictions of corruption. Meanwhile, the country's constitutional court has preliminarily authorized five candidates, including incumbent President Macky Sall, whom experts have said is likely to get sufficient support on the 24th, avoiding a second vote. Now, ahead of the elections, the non-governmental organization focusing on human rights, Amnesty International, says it is concerned about the bans on peaceful assemblies, violence between political activists, and pressures on civil society organization, among other things. Now, helping us to discuss this uh, conversation, we are joined on the line by Francois Pachuel, who is the West Africa Francophone researcher at the Amnesty International West and Central Africa Regional Office in Senegal. We're also joined from London by Paul Melly, who's a consulting fellow with the Africa program at Chatham House. Good morning and thank you for joining us. Good morning. morning, Now, if I may start with you, Paul, as things stand, is the country ready to host these elections? I think Senegal is ready to host the elections. Of course, as you've just um, been outlining in the headlines, there are problems. But Senegal is a country with a very long history of um, constitutional elections. Uh, People in Senegal uh, actually voted in the colonial era in, in some of the main towns, even before the First World War. And in the era of modern politics, Uh, Senegal, even when it was uh, effectively a one-party state, nevertheless uh, followed a path of peaceful constitutional electoral politics. And in the democratic era, um, which really developed from the late 70s and came to sort of full fulfillment, if you like, in the 1990s, Mm. um, beginning of the century, um, those elections have been competitive. So we've seen... uh, um, on two occasions, incumbent presidents actually defeated at the ballot box, accepting the result and leaving power. So in that long-term sense, yes, Senegal is ready. Mm. And what is a bit troubling at the moment is that in a country with this long history, we've seen these uh, really quite shocking and serious incidents of electoral violence in in recent days. But I'm not sure that... uh, Delaying the elections, for example, by a week would uh, would help matters. Uh, I, I think uh, the elections, Senegal is probably as ready as it's going to be, even if uh, there are lessons to be drawn about how to um, better manage the process uh, 
for the second round if there is one or in mm. future electoral contests. Mm. Now we see that President Makisal seems to enjoy a lot of support and it's said that he might actually bag these elections for a second term. What has he done right in his administration that would give him such popularity? Paul? Well, well, when when he was elected in 2012, he really ran on a, if you like, a, a twin platform. Uh, and I can remember being in Dakar at uh, his closing electoral rally, and there were really two very strong messages. One was the restoration of Republican governance values. Mm. Um, that's to say good governance standards that had become eroded in the final years of the previous president, Abdullah Wad. But the other aspect, and which I think people tend to forget, was he also laid a very strong emphasis on improving everyday living conditions. Mm. And while, as I'm sure we'll come on to discuss, there have been, in the last year or two, been some worrying problems on the governance side and in terms of... um, uh, those Republican values, in terms of actual development and economic management, and particularly the delivery of services at the grassroots in the rural areas where still probably half or more than half the population live, the government has got a very strong track record. Uh, and uh, one of the tendencies in Senegal in the past had been for um, uh, outlooks to be dominated, if you like, by the political mood in Dakar and under Wad there was a lot of talk, but actual delivery across the regions of Senegal was sometimes weak. Makisal does seem to have made quite a lot of progress in those mm. respects in terms of agricultural output, basic services, rural infrastructure, you know, wells, schools, uh, basic health care, for example, uh, mm. free health care for um, uh, pregnant women and children under five, there was a really big advance in that compared to the wide years. So I suspect that for many Senegalese, those will be the issues uh, that will influence how they vote, even though, for strong and understandable reasons, there are some really quite serious concerns about on the governance side of things. Mm. Now, Franco, I'd like to bring you in there because Paul talks about you know the fact that we are seeing some... Um, uh, violence and uh, bit of protests happening at the moment. What are your main concerns as Amnesty International? Yes, there's been various uh, incidents throughout the the, the pre-electoral uh, period. Uh, we've seen two people uh, dead uh, in the south of the country in the context of the uh, clashes between political supporters. There's also been uh, pressures on civil society groups, which is something that's quite new and disturbing for, for Senegal, so uh, pressures on pro-democracy movements such as Yom mm-hmm. uh, and of course, you know, continuous questions about the independence of the judiciary um, and, you know, the fairness around the trials of the, of the um, uh, two major politicians who were barred from, from contesting the election. Mm. Now, now, last year, you know, there was a submission made by Amnesty International to the country's UN Universal Periodic Review, which was raising some of these concerns about senior members of political opposition um, or terrorism-related suspects having been jailed after unfair trials. Where are these cases now, uh, Francois? Well, yes, there's been... So, Khalifa Sal, who is one of, you know, one of the major challenges of, of, of Maki Sal, um, has been sentenced to, to five years in, in detention. Uh, many have been raising concerns about the fairness of this trial 
um, first in terms of him being able to access uh, his lawyers in order mm-hmm. to prepare um, his um, his defense. I mean, he has been able to access his lawyers, but you know there were delays in him accessing uh, his lawyers. There's also been questions about you know why didn't the courts respect uh, his parliamentary immunity? Um, he was elected as a as a as a deputy as a member of parliament last year, mm-hmm. uh, but yet the, the the courts proceeded with his case. Um, so there's been a lot of concerns raised by many observers who feel that um, you know his the, the, the charges against him have been brought uh, brought against him for political reasons. And mm-hmm. certainly the way the judicial system is structured in Senegal, you know, it, it makes it quite easy uh, to use the judicial system uh, against political uh, opponents because the, the head of the Judiciary Council, which is the sort of highest authority for the judiciary, mm-hmm. um, is presided by the President of the Republic. And the Vice President of the Judiciary Council is the Minister of Justice. Mm-hmm. So if you're a magistrate uh, in Senegal, you effectively have to report back to the uh, head of the, judici- the Judicial Council, who is the President of the Republic, and the Vice President, who is the Minister of Justice. So, you know, how much you have independence mm-hmm. in such a system uh, is, is problematic, mm-hmm. which is why we're saying, you know, it's good that Senegal tackles uh, financial crime, uh, but it must do so in a way that respects fair trial standards, uh, and in a way where um, the, the, the independence of the judiciary is respected. Otherwise, the Senegalese authorities will keep being accused of instrumentalizing um, uh, judicial cases for political reasons. Hmm. What about uh, the access that uh, human rights uh, defenders such as yourselves have to those detained? I mean, you spoke about the lawyers, that it was a bit difficult to get them in there. But what, what about you? Do you have free access to those who are detained? Well, Amnesty has, a, has the ability to visit uh, detention centers in Senegal, mm. um, and there's relatively, you know, we're, we're quite free in, in, in our operations in, in Senegal, but there has been uh, increased pressure uh, on civil society groups. Um, one of them in particular, which is Yonamar, which translates in English as we've had enough. Mm. Uh, Yonamar is a, is a pro-democracy movement who was very much involved in the 2012 uh, elections uh, mobilized people to go voting. Uh, it also mobilized people to go voting in the context of the constitutional reform that happened uh, a couple of years ago. So it's quite an active pro-democracy movement. Um, and in November last year, so you know, just a few months before the election, um, the electoral period, um, at the end of last year, in November, they were, uh, the Yanama leaders were called at the Ministry of Interior and questioned about their activities. And this sort of this question and this investigation didn't just stop there. Uh, the Ministry of Interior also uh, summoned uh, some of the partners and donors uh, of Yonamar, mm-hmm. um, in, you know, quite big international non-governmental organizations that were questioned by the Ministry of Interior about why they were providing uh, support to, to this pro-democracy movement. And that's quite worrying. Mm-hmm. One of them, one of the donors of Yonamar was actually suspended. They've lost their, um, their agreements uh, with the state to with the Senegalese state to operate uh, in Senegal, so this is this is particularly concerning, uh, and it's taking place in a space where, you know, there is actually less and less space for for expressing dissent in Senegal. There's mm-hmm. an MP that was uh, sentenced to six months in detention uh, last year um, for for content support um, because he questioned, you know, the the Khalifa Sal um, judicial case. He questioned the fairness of the of the Khalifa Sal case. 
Um, there is a singer also that spent several days in detention uh, because she shared an audio on a private WhatsApp group um, criticizing uh, Maki Sal. She was uh, she was she spent several days in detention for uh, uh, broadcasting false news and and for defamation. Mm-hmm. But you know there's this changing space for civil society organizations in, in Senegal, unfortunately. Mm. Now, now, Paul, how does all this that's happening at the moment impact on the whole electoral process and the build-up to the e- elections? Well, I think what, what it, it, it ha- there's a sort of dual effect. It, at the one hand, it has a, a, a slightly deterring effect on the opposition because, mm. or rather, on the, a deterring effect on the idea that this election can be very strongly contested because the person who, Khalifa Sal was seen as the person who was most likely to present a really major sort of national level challenge um, to Maki Sal in, in the election and with a strong chance of taking it to a second ballot. In the 2014 municipal elections in Dakar, mm. He had uh, six, he 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 successfully defeated the government candidates um, in uh, in a in a number of cities, and that had a sort of shock effect. And if you like to to, to draw a very loose parallel with your um, situation in South Africa, it's like uh, that possibly in some ways had a bit the impact that the DA's breakthrough did in the South African municipal elections, mm. um, and. Uh, and yet, Maki Sal probably would still have been been the favourite, but there would have been this sense of a of a much more openly contested um, uh, race. And the peculiarities of the Senegalese uh, uh, rules, uh, judicial rules, on how uh, public sector corruption should be treated uh, means that this was actually a sort of political choice because under the Senegalese system, once. Uh, the public basically Khalifa Sal was accused of misusing some municipal money mm. for charitable purposes to mobilize uh, uh, electoral support uh, and he was subject to an inquiry by the public auditors but under under the Senegalese system once that had been completed uh, uh, this report was presented to the head of state and the head of state had the right, has the legal right to decide whether it's a sufficiently serious matter to pass this to the prosecutors or not. And so uh, you will hear people in Dakar who will say that um, Maki Sal pulled the trigger, as it were, mm. on Khalifa Sal's career by passing this to the prosecutors. Uh, and Khalifa Sal was foolish enough to load the revolver by his... Uh, allegedly committing the offences in the first place. But the point, but the perception that Maki had the choice and that he could instead simply have uh, said, but um, of course, uh, uh, I'm sorry to see that the rules appear to have been broken, but I'm sure the voters will reach a judgment uh, next time um, uh, Khalifa Sal stands before them at the ballot box. Um, He he could have taken the high road like that. Mm. And that would have, as it were, enhanced his image as a person who had been reforming or restoring uh, some of these uh, democratic governance values. But because he chose to uh, send the case to the prosecutor, 
that created there you you find quite often people who will who will express disappointment who will say that uh, Mackie uh, arrived with this dual agenda develop economic development but also uh, governance reform and that it's on that second point on governance reform they feel disappointed that he 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 no longer is the reform that he promised to promised to be and this also has a regional impact because um Senegal is a country that's regarded across West Africa rather like Ghana as one of the region's leaders in mm. uh, in terms of democratic development and it, it's very easy to think of democracy as a sort of uh, either or that you're either a dictatorship or else you're a democracy but of course in reality uh, there's a whole scale so you can have a functioning democracy but where as Foswell has described mm. there are many problems or things that fall short mm. uh, so, so it, in the, all those regards, it reduces the, the choice and is troubling. Yeah. Well, that's the voice of Paul Meli, who's a consulting fellow with the Africa program at Chatham House. He's also joined on the line by Francois Patuel, who's the West Africa Francophone researcher at Amnesty International West and Central Africa Regional Office in Senegal. The time is 11.22. Let's go for a quick break. And then I'd like us to kind of look at the, the list of candidates. Uh, how strong are they? Are there really much competition to Makisal? And we've got a newcomer as well. Uh, lots to talk about after the break. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalun Yenzovo, and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, It's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and and, (laughs) and do my part and do it really, really well. Thank you for choosing African Dialogue. I'm Ayanda Mkwanazi. The time now is 11.24. We are discussing Senegal, as uh, we should be aware that this weekend Senegal will host its elections. Um, we've got Francois Patua, who's the West Africa Francophone Researcher at Amnesty International West and Central Africa Regional Office in Senegal. Also joining him is Paul Meli, who's a consulting fellow with the Africa Program at Chatham House. Um, now, you know, just before we go to the, to the candidate list, Francois, 
if you could touch on um media freedom i mean i mean how how much or how accessible is the country during this time of elections uh by foreign and local media i mean it does enjoy a stable media industry with both private and public but are, are there any trends that you are you are seeing as amnesty international well on freedom of expression one of our concerns is that you know there's been laws adopted uh, in recent years which um which are vaguely worded um, and which could be used against uh, journalists who are a bit critical um, of, of, the, of the authorities. Mm. Uh, for instance, uh, the press code that was adopted in, in June 2017 um, you know, provides for prison sentences, for press offenses. Um, the criminal code also still provides for, for prison terms uh, for, for press offenses, including in, in talking to the head of state or publishing false news. Um, um, you, you know, that, that's the kind of um, legislation that could be used against uh, against journalists in Senegal. For the for the moment, um, we haven't seen those cases being brought to court against journalists, but certainly against you know um, artists, rappers, um, uh, activists in general. Yes, there, there has been cases, those cases brought to 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 court. So I was mentioning earlier Annie Cody, who is a, a singer. Uh, she shared uh, um, criti- criticism uh, on an audio file on a private WhatsApp group, mm-hmm. um, and she was uh, detained for several days um, because of that uh, message on a private WhatsApp group. I mean, this is this is a private WhatsApp group. This is social media, but on mm-hmm. a private group. Um, and she was she spent about a week in detention, um, and she was accused of you know defamation against the president uh, and publishing false news. This is the kind of very insidious pressure um, that journalists and people who are critical of the authorities, including bloggers and activists, will be, you know, will be, will be picking on. You know, it, cre- it creates a kind of fear where people will think twice about criticizing the president or, or um, the authorities if they know they can be, uh, they can be targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, let's, let's move on to the candidates. I mean, we've got... Uh, Idrissa Nek, who was twice defeated. We've got a newcomer, Osmane Sonko, who's probably representing more of the youth. Uh, we've got Issa Sal. We've got Madike Niang. What do we know about these uh, about these candidates, and who really stands a better chance? Well, uh, Idrissa Sek is, if you like, uh, the most most representative of traditional. Uh, uh, traditional politics. He he he's been mayor of Chess, which is the country's third city. He's been prime minister under former President Wad. Um, he has a well-established electoral base and constituency, and his campaigning style, his campaigning approach, has been in some ways rather traditional. Um, he's he's avoided big public meetings uh, and focused more on campaigning around the country. He's also made a point of visiting Khalifa Sal in jail and managed mm. to secure his endorsement. Um, Madike Nyang used to be a foreign minister under President Wad, and uh, uh, he he's actually hoping to pick up the votes of uh, electors who normally would have supported President Wad's party, the PDS, mm. but who don't have an official PDS candidate because Karim Wad... Uh, who who was the PDS's designated candidate uh, has been excluded from the race. 
And then, uh, really, I suppose it's um, Issa Sal and Usman Sonko who bring mm. uh, the really new new face. As you say, Usman Sonko, he's he's actually you know he's forty four, so he he's not a student activist or anything, but he's mm. he's. He's youthful in style. He's campaigning on an anti-corruption agenda. He's a former tax inspector who was sacked for speaking out about corruption. Um, and he's been very active on social media. And, and then Issa Sal, who um, is uh, the head of a private university, but is also uh, really um, drawing on the more traditional religious uh, constituency. He's a member of the Tidian uh, uh, religious brotherhood. Uh, religious brotherhoods are very important in Senegal, mm. and uh, he, he's from a conservative strand of that, and uh, pushing a more conservative line. Uh, it's it's hard to say, but one one might guess that in a way the the race is really that Niang is really campaigning for the PDS heritage, not expecting to win, mm. and that the real real race is between whether. Idriss Sasek can still position himself as a major potential challenger for the future, or whether in fact it's Usman Sonko who's going to establish himself as the as the new face of a challenge to the government, and that that's that's what the race between those different mm. opposition candidates is about. But Francois might disagree, or have a different perspective. Francois, do you have some views on that? Well, it's, it's hard for us to take a position, of course, on mm. on you know, on, on the candidates. Um, what we're seeing, though, is, is, is tensions between uh, those groups, uh, which have, uh, in, in recent days, led to, to death. So um, there was a campaign organized uh, in the south of the country, um, in Tomakuda, which is the town south of the country, uh, between um, uh, Isasek and, uh, sorry, Isasal and, uh, and Makisal mm. supporters, um, and there were violent clashes uh, between these two uh, groups uh, that left uh, two two people dead, one who uh, suffered from knife injuries um, and the other one uh, who who uh, who was um, injured in a in a car accident. These are quite rare incidents in Senegal. I mean, mm-hmm. Paul was saying you know that there is usually a smooth transition process between machines, and and that's quite true um, in in Senegal. Uh, but the deaths of protesters do incur you know sporadically. Uh, in particular, for the last presidential elections in 2012, uh, there were about 10 people who died uh, in electoral violence. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them who were um, killed by by the security forces. So the incidents between the political activists, mm-hmm. uh, and particularly between the security, um, um, the people who are involved with the, um, the security of the candidates, these clashes between uh, the supporters and the, the the people involved in the the security of the candidates, um, which, which shows very worrying sign ahead of the election. Um, and we hope that Senegal will um, ensure that the elections will be held in a peaceful context uh, and where people can express their views, including through demonstrations, peacefully, um, without, you know, having violence between the groups, but also between the groups and the security forces. Mm-hmm. Well, what are your thoughts on uh, the former president, Abdullahi Wade, calling for a boycott of the elections, uh, you know, citing that Makisal has locked down the, uh, the vote, uh, Francois? Yes, he's, uh, he's called for a boycott of the vote. He's, uh, he's quite, um, you know, he's quite a mobilizing voice in Senegal. And, and usually when he comes to Senegal and, and protests, there are, you know, quite, quite a few people uh, on the road. So 
this is you know this is this is something that should be you know should be facilitated everyone has the right to 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 peaceful protest mm. uh but again that means that these protests have to be peaceful um the our concern is that in in the car for instance uh, or in the car in particular in the center of the car where around where the ministries are um protests have been banned systematically uh, there is actually a decree um which bans all demonstrations uh, in the center of the car around the the ministries mm-hmm. and this is a problem for us because if people want to take peacefully to the street to protest against the elections um that should be you know that's their right peaceful demonstration is a right it's not a privilege mm-hmm. it's not something that can be denied uh, arbitrarily it's a right mm-hmm. so if people feel that they should be demonstrating you know in view of the authorities that they're targeting so in view of the ministry for instance that should be allowed mm-hmm. um and the blanket ban on demonstrations uh, in the city center of the car that's that's a forest that's a violation mm-hmm. paul what, what's your take i mean um Abdullah Wade saying this, we should be boycotting um, these elections. Can his claims be taken seriously? Well, uh, the, the, one of the problems is that, in a sense, he has actually helped in a curious way to facilitate a justification, if you like, for the authorities to ban demonstrations in central Dakar because uh, Wade issued a very inflammatory call. He he, he called on people to um, actually set fire to electoral facilities. He's, he, he literally, and, he, and it wasn't just an off-the-cuff remark, he said this several times, and said that he is calling on his supporters to make the election impossible by burning ballot boxes. Mm. And uh, this, is, this is something that is quite a breach um, with uh, Senegal's long tradition of electoral politics. And uh, and it, it caused quite a lot of shock, and it, it may have it may have had a dual effect as well. It un- actually it may have undermined his own political personal impact because some of those PDS supporters who might have been tempted to boycott may then feel well since there is a sort of independent candidate from the PDS tradition, Niang, standing, mm. they can go and cast. A, cast a vote for Niang, who's been campaigning very heavily in the PDS heartland. Um, but also, it it, create, it makes it easier for the authorities to say, ah, oh, well, we have to take a very strict line because of the risk of violence. Mm. Um, and this, this is troubling because, well, I mean, I can remember talking to one human rights activist who said to me uh, a year or so back, well, when Maki Sal came in, he promised all sorts of governance reforms, and he's done some of them, but there are others that he hasn't done. And if he is re-elected, he needs to do that. But if if uh, if Mackie gets re-elected, the, the, there needs to be a, what you might call a general expectation upon him that he should do those reforms. Otherwise, he may not feel the need or the pressure to do so. And if, if uh, leading figures in opposition parties are calling for... If if Wad is calling for something in very inflammatory and dangerous terms, that reduces the pressure on the government to actually live up to good governance. Mm. 
Well, that's the voice of Paul Melly, who's a consulting fellow with the Africa program at Chatham House. It's about 23 minutes to 12. Let's take a last break and then we discuss the way forward in terms of whether Macky Sall does win the second uh, election and what changes should he be bringing, going back to uh, commitments that he made previously. Uh, how far does he need to go to ensure that he delivers on that mandate after the break? Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gones Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. Welcome back to African Dialogue. Now remember that we come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You're welcome to interact with us via our Twitter handle at Channel Africa, Facebook, or you can simply SMS your views at plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. If you want to send us an email, do so at info at channelafrica.org. Now we're looking at the Senegal elections and we're talking on the line to Francois Pachuel, who's the West Africa Francophone researcher at Amnesty International West and Central Africa Regional Office in Senegal. Also joined by Paul Melly, who's a consulting fellow with the Africa program at Chatham House in London. Now, just before the break, uh, Paul, you, mean you mentioned that uh, there are things that uh, the current president will have to go back and do um, if he does get re-elected. I mean, we know that the economic growth sits just over 6%, largely since Macky Sall took office. Does this count in his favor during these elections? Well, I think, I think as we said at the outset, the economic track record is pretty strong. And mm. um, you can see it perhaps most notably in the agricultural sector. Uh, under WAD, uh, there was a lot of talk about promoting strengthening food production with a program called the Goana program. But actually, when you look at the production numbers and the real details from the farm sector, it, it fell very far short of all the talk. Whereas under Sal Makisal, there has been a much more serious and concerted thought-through effort in practical development planning to achieve uh, improved food security. But uh, it's, it's really on the, on the governance side. Some of, some of those issues that Francois was talking about, uh, where uh, many, many people might be uh, disappointed and feel that actually Senegal given its, its claim to be, if you like, um, a, a leader of, in, in uh, West African democracy mm. and good governance, needs to, needs to be setting the bar um, higher, for example, in terms of the independence of the courts. Uh, one of the th- when Khalifa Sal endorsed Idrissa Sek, for example, for this election, uh, he, he, he issued a statement saying that one of the reasons is because Sek is talking 
about stronger measures to reinforce the independence of the judiciary. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there, there was also, during the end of the WADS presidency, there was speculation about the need to have a much more independent constitutional council. Uh, so that might also be an, an important uh, reform. And there have been occasionally uh, incidents where the police have um, killed rioters, mm. sometimes by accident. It's not been what you might call organized repression, but they're still tragic incidents. And that might raise the question as to whether you need a stronger, more independent system for um, inquiry, you know, inspectorate of the security forces or police behavior you know one can these are these are things that you know senegal is far in advance of many countries in terms of of the strength of its institutions but mm -hmm. it's precisely because of that that mm -hmm. senegalese ha rightly have high expectations and mm -hmm. uh, and there, there's a lot to do mm -hmm. Uh, Francois, what are your parting shots? Um, I'll let you have the last say. Senegal is viewed as the stable democracy, as Paul has alluded to. What do you think Macky Sall would need to do moving forward to ensure that this democracy is sustained? Yes, the, uh, Senegal is, is a stable democracy in the region. It, it considered itself as the beacon of democracy in the, in the region in many ways. Mm. And that's why it's very important that it holds itself up to its own standards. Uh, you know, as, as Paul said earlier, you know, it's a slippery slope sometimes between, you know, democracy and, and repressive uh, government. And, you know, the, the, the authorities of Senegal need to be cautious that they don't go down this slippery slope. So there are different uh, measures that the, um, the new regime will have to take. One is they should strengthen the judiciary. Uh, as Paul said, it's very important that there are concrete steps being taken to ensure that justice, um, the judiciary is more independent. Um, and that's a, it's good that the presidential candidates have integrated this in their program and will certainly, you know, make sure that they uphold uh, their commitment to, to strengthen the judiciary. Mm. Um, this, will, this will avoid the judicial processes being used against political opponents in the future. And that's a very important step if, if we want to ensure that there is the independence of justice. Mm. The second... Um, reform that needs to be undertaken to protect freedom of expression in Senegal. Uh, mm. There's been an assault on freedom of expression, which is manifested in, you know, pressures on civil society groups, um, laws being passed which criminalize defamation and insulting the head of state. Mm -hmm. All these laws need to be amended, and the, the, the provisions in the laws which restrict freedom of expression arbitrarily or excessively need to be repealed. Mm. Uh, it's very important if... if Senegal wants to continue to, to uphold its positive um, heritage in terms of freedom of expression, that these laws are reformed. Please. This will ensure that uh, political activists, human rights defenders, journalists mm. are able to speak out freely without fearing arrest or intimidation or reprisals. And that's, that's something that's very important. Mm. The other thing that needs to happen is for the Senegalese authorities to adopt a law to protect human rights defenders. Mm -hmm. you know, for the moment, Human rights defenders have, have been able to, to operate relatively freely in Senegal, but even you know even Amnesty, for instance, has been um, um, criticised publicly by the authorities, and we've been called you know hooded activists mm -hmm. who operate in the shadows to to bring down Senegalese culture. That kind of discourse is extremely dangerous, and it needs to be challenged. Mm -hmm. And a, a law on the protection of human rights defenders could help establish you know, the, the legitimacy and could have recognized the legitimacy 
of the of the struggles of, of human rights defenders. And then thirdly, mm-hmm. um, there needs to be um, um, a men to impunity. There are still people being shot uh, during demonstrations. Uh, there are still people being tortured uh, in detention centers. Um, there are still people who are being arbitrarily arbitrarily detained, um, and this is not acceptable. And the authorities need to ensure that the perpetrators of human rights violations are brought to justice. Uh, there's been several cases of security members of the security forces being brought to court um, for killing protesters, but these are too few. There are too few, and in a context, particularly ahead of the election, it's very important to remind the security forces that if they misuse force, if they um, use excessive or arbitrary force, mm-hmm. they will be held to account uh, in a fair trial. Yes. Thank you so much. That's the voice of Francois Pachua, who's the West Africa Francophone researcher at Amnesty International West and Central Africa Regional Office in Senegal. Also joined by Paul Meli, who's a consulting fellow with the Africa program at Chatham House. It is a wait and see game. Thank you so much, gentlemen, to you both for your time. Thank you. Thank you.